Warning, the Grow Your Salon Fast Show contains content that may offend. The hosts don't care. If you want to grow your salon fast, keep listening and find out more at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com. But for now, here's your hosts, Vagar Svanberg and Kat Smith. Okay, welcome to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show podcast. This is podcast number two, and I am Kat Smith, the queen bitch of everything, and with me is Vigard. Uh, hi Vigard, how are you? Hello, fine thanks. How are you? You sound cherry today. Yeah, well, I actually was thinking that I'm not going to ask you about the weather, because I asked you about the weather last time, and I sounded like a really boring old farty woman on a really boring middle-class radio station and I thought actually that sounded pretty shit so I'm not going to talk about the weather I'm going to talk about where did you have your last holiday (laughs) (laughs) well you just came back from holiday didn't you I have I've been to a fantastic holiday in Jordan which was absolutely amazing if anybody from sandpit from one sandpit to to another (laughs) from sandpit to another sandpit but very different sandpit and if anyone gets a chance to go go because they really need the tourism and they're very, very friendly. Did I see you on a camel? Yes, you probably saw me on a camel. Yes, I was on a camel. <laughs> Bloody awful <laughs> things they are. <laughs> but yeah, I was cat of Arabia. It was great. Did you get uh, camel sick? No, we had two little boys. I swear they were about five years old and seven years old. And they were leading us on these camels. And they were very good. They were telling the camels off and they were getting us up and they were getting us down. And then we said, how, how far are we going? And they said, one hour. I said, well, how far one is hour. that? And they said, one hour. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. camel distance is measured in time. <laughs> That's what I exactly. learned. Exactly. So do you, I, I, I suppose you go somewhere and then go back to where you started. They didn't just walk one hour into the desert and just leave you. No, no that would be pretty cruel for both us and the camels. Well, you never know. It's a something. (laughs) That's true. Now, we walked around their little village and we saw the back streets of their little village. And, uh, yeah, that was very enlightening. But anyway, we're not here to talk about camels. No, what have you planned for us? We're talking about uh, strategy and we're talking about tactics and we're talking about being creative. And I know that sounds really boring, those things, but actually these are... Creative isn't boring, is it? Well, creativity is not boring, um, and I guess that's why most salon owners are in business is the creative side because it's a very creative industry. Um, but strategy and tactics sound very boring, but they are actually the foundations of having a very successful business, and they are things that we need to talk about because if you have these things into place at the very beginning, life will be so much easier for you. And I just have that's to. What we're sorry. For. I just have to stop you there and say that um, when you mentioned that it is boring, that some things in business, unfortunate, unfortunately, some things are boring. And but you have to, you still have to do them. Uh, strategy and tactics is well, they are probably the most important boring things you have to do. On the regular well, actually, basis. Actually, when you think and about it, they're not actually boring. It's just the words are boring. The and words are boring, I guess, that's true. I guess when we're talking about what you want to do to get clients into your salon and make more money from your clients and make more money in your business, that is actually quite exciting. That's not actually boring. But if we use the word strategy, that's really dull. 
It so, sounds like you, you're wearing a tie and you're sitting on this boring business corporate seminar and now we're going to iron out the strategy for the next three years. And it sounds really, really yeah. dull. But really, it isn't that dull because no. you are going to make the strategy of your business so you can get it exactly how you want it. And that's not boring, is it? Well, it shouldn't be because uh, you're in business because, we, like we talked about on our last podcast, that you trying to achieve something called personal sovereignty, which is doing what you want, how you want, when you want, and with whom you want. And part of that is making sure that your strategy is dealing with people you want to be dealing with, when you want to be dealing with them, how you want to be dealing with them, and why you want to be dealing with them. So that's all part of the strategy, which is actually pretty cool. What I have, um, I will say that most salons I've seen have they, they have a very, very simple uh, strategy uh, when it comes to marketing and selling. And that is usually, it comprises three things. It's a poster in the window, a board mm-hmm. on the street, and mm-hmm. the Facebook page. What do you think of that strategy, Kat? <laughs> well, that's that not should, strategy, That should get clients yeah. pouring in, shouldn't it? Well, yeah, technically, if it's a you strategy, know, you sell on a high street and there's lots of walk past traffic of course you're going to get thousands of people pouring in your door just because they've seen a poster in your window it happens all the time doesn't it but yeah, no the reality is somewhat sound, different it? <laughs> it did yeah. we had beautiful pictures up on in the window and we would have to get new ones every three months and we had them up in lights and now and yeah we had a board out the side which managed to blow over in a hard wind and yeah we got loads of people that way but not really um, yeah, they are important, but they're not actually the whole picture. And those sorts of things, if you're considering a Facebook page or a picture in the window or a sandwich board or anything like that, they're called tactics. And on their own, they don't necessarily work that well. You have to have a strategy in place to decide where, what type of marketing or what type of tactics you're going to use to get those people in the door and get them staying with you long term and getting them to be long term loyal clients who make the money for you and get the relationship going. So a strategy is something like um, a whole process. So it's like advertising, for example, in your local newspaper with a weekly advertorial that you write for the newspaper and you inform and you educate any potential clients about a solution you might have that they've got a problem with. And then you have in that particular advertorial a call to action and perhaps your phone number and say, please call us for a free consultation. And then that person comes in for the consultation and you sell them the service or the product that's going to cure their problem. And then you follow up with that new client with various means. So you're making sure you're relentlessly following them up all the time and they book another appointment. And you continue that follow up booking service provision cycle until they die or leave the country. So that's the type of strategy that you're looking at. The tactics are the forms of communication you use to get your message in front of the client. So for example, that I've just given you, it's um, the newspaper advertising or the advertorial and the other various means that you use to relentlessly follow up your client. The thing is, a strategy is really, really useful. The benefits of having a strategy means that you focus on where you need to concentrate your marketing efforts and you're not distracted by those bright shiny things that fly around and have no purpose. So like, you know, Facebook likes and 
Instagram likes and Twitter feeds and all the rest of it. They I, just... I, I actually went to the bank and then I, I asked the bank manager to, to if I could pay my loan in likes, but I couldn't. Right. How did that work out for you? He's an idiot. Yeah, yeah. The it clearly is. I mean, I have thousands of likes, but I can't convert that to money. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, no. It's a bit of a shit, really, isn't it? You, if, you haven't, if you haven't worked out by now that getting likes on your Facebook page is tantamount to actually just sitting in a corner and sobbing quietly, you haven't got it quite figured out. <clears throat> everyone does it, and there's a reason everyone does it. It's because it, everyone follows the crowd. So you need to be really thinking about what actually works. So having a strategy helps you focus on what works. You also get a clear and I, picture I, I, I of I was just chipping the there, sorry to interrupt you again, yeah, but I'll right. just also emphasize that what when we're talking about what works and what doesn't work, um, I mean, the way you figure that out is that you actually have to measure what you do. So that's the first rule. And the second thing is that even if something doesn't work, that doesn't mean that the strategy is wrong. So, for instance, if you're running a, a, a newspaper ad, say say you were selling pork sausages, and you're running sausages. a, a sausages, just just an example, um, and you don't get any, any, no one buys, but then you discover that you actually put the ads in a vegetarian magazine of some sort. <laughs> So, so it kind of makes sense that is not your target audience, but but the strategy, which is to advertise in magazines, for instance, that's not necessarily wrong. It just means that you, you you implemented it wrong, and yeah. you didn't measure properly. You you can't. But what people do is they 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 throw away the whole strategy, the whole strategy of advertising, just because one ad didn't work the way they thought it would. Or I've even encountered people actually have ads or something that works and they do it once so they do one yep. thing it works and then they move on to the next instead of repeating what they already did well, the funny thing is when i had my salon they i didn't really know what i was doing or what i should be doing and i did what everybody else did and i was approached by lovely glossy magazine um that uh was sent out to the local community and they wanted me to buy advertising in their glossy magazine and they not only wanted me to have the one ad uh, for the one month of the magazine because it's a monthly issue they wanted me to take three um, adverts so a sequential three-month placement and they sold it to me based on the fact that you know we have the readership was 60,000 people and it was local people and we'd have a beautiful picture in there and they'd be attracted to this beautiful picture and they just want to come in and and then you get follow up by having it in the next month and so people didn't see it the first time could see it the next time and, and there was no statistics to show exactly how many people will walk in my door but I was sucked into it and it cost me a huge amount of money so I'm not talking what just are we pennies. Talking? I'm talking, talking, it was £500 per ad. And that's And you insane. ran three. And I ran three. Okay, um, did you get any results? Not a single one. Not one single person came in as a result of those three ads. And all it was, was a picture, a beautiful picture of one of our um, models that we, we'd done. It was lovely. It was one of the pictures that was in the window of our salon. And it had our address and our phone number and our website. Wow. And all the laws of um, advertising had been broken or uh, uh, the attraction 
of getting a person to read the ad, ad, particular advert I had broken, but I didn't know that and I wasn't advised that. So there are people out there who will sell you things that don't necessarily work. And they're not particularly selling you those things because they want to be malicious about it, is that they don't understand how it works either. So this woman that I was dealing with, she was probably about 23, she was a graduate, she was all her job was was to sell magazine advertising space. She didn't know what worked and what didn't work, but she was selling this on the basis of saying the readership would see this and then they'd want to come in, but it's not how it works. So you're right, you can put an ad in a magazine and you can attract thousands of people to it doing it the right way, but if you don't do it the right way, it's just gonna bomb and you're just gonna waste your money. So you need to have the strategy in place to say, what is the purpose of my advertising? What's going to happen to it? What do I need to happen when the ad gets placed in the magazine? What does the person who sees it, what are they going to do next? Where is that going to take them? What part of, is it going to go to part of my website where I sell them something? Or is it going to get them to come in and do something? What's my call to action? But that never gets told to you. So when you're starting out fresh and new and bright and shiny, someone presents this to you saying, you know, there's a readership of 60,000 people, they're gonna see you ad, they're all gonna to come to you, it looks so gorgeous. Run a million miles and then go back to what your strategy is. You're listening to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show with Kat and Vagard. Remember to sign up for the podcast updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com. Exactly, because it's nothing. There's nothing wrong with uh, buying ads from someone who, who who gives you the opportunity to advertise in their magazine. What you have to ask yourself is if your target audience is there and if it fits in your strategy. I've had people approach me several times. I have a broadband company. Uh, where I sell broadband to very local areas. And I've had people approach me with magazines there, which have, it's worked extremely well because it's fit it's fit my strategy. And it's been, the, the magazine I advertised in went out to my exact target audience. So that worked great. So we're not saying do not ever advertise. What we're saying is make sure that it fits with your strategy and that you yeah. reach your target audience through the advertising. That's what yeah. we're saying. Because that this is an example of tactics. Um, posting on Facebook, that, that it can feel good because you you post something which might even go viral, as they call it. I, can, I, I feel a bit dirty when I say that. I want to... <laughs> what, you need to get a vaccination for it. or something. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, I'm getting engaged. It's viral. Like that. No, we're not mocking anyone uh, here. That's important yes, to say. Are. because of course we are. Well, well, well. Mark okay. Uh, yes, we are. Uh, no, um, it just needs to fit the strategy. There's nothing wrong with Facebook either if you know that it gives you results. That's important to say because there are examples of of businesses who thrive on, on using Facebook, but normally that's because of very special reasons, for instance, them being very local or, or something being known or on the only salon there or something like that being kind of a community or something. They're always these special or normally these special reasons for it but if you look at your time and they you have a limited amount of time and if you spend all the time every day sitting on facebook waiting for likes posting stuff sharing stuff the odds are not very good that you will actually get clients in into your salon because of that a simple strategy can and you just to, to to sum up what you said about strategy is that you want to get new clients and you want to sell them something 
and you want to sell more to them and then you want to retain them because what this means really is that you can sell more to people you already have in the salon. Most people go chase new clients and customers while they really have a relationship to to quite a few customers already who they can sell more to. Did you do that in your salon, by the way? Yeah, what I re- for realized, realized early on was that um, getting clients in the door was a lot harder than dealing with the clients we already had. And we had quite a list of clients who we had at the start. And if I did more with the clients I already had, it was more of a return on my investment because they were already in there and already had a relationship with them and they were already more ready uh, and more predisposed to buy more from us. So we had to concentrate to just change it up a little bit. And I'm not saying go, not go and get new clients because that's really important because you will have clients that leave for very good reasons. You know, people do die. That's, that is a good reason and it's pretty inevitable because we all die. But they, you know, they might move towns or countries or, or whatever the, the circumstances. So you will always need to replace those people. But the true gold and the gold that you don't often mine is the gold that is already sitting within your client list, the people who are already coming into your salon. And you can do a lot more for them and a lot more with them. And it's about giving them the value uh, and them thinking that's fantastic and wanting to do more with you. So there's a really good reason to be doing more within your business and things like you say the tactics of, for example, referrals. Referrals are a really great way to get um, new business in, but also make the existing customer even more loyal to you because if they are referring someone to you, that means that you're doing a pretty good job and that they, you know, their reputation is on the line as soon as um, they give you their friends' details as well. And they will probably buy more from you in the long term. So if you're rewarding a referral, they will be very happy and they'll keep doing it for you. So you even get and more business and it's interesting. Yeah, and it's interesting that you say that and that you mention referrals because if you ask any business owner, and I'm not just talking about salons here, any business owner will probably tell you that they get... Uh, they're either the best customers or, or the, the biggest amount of customers from referrals. Um, in, in most businesses, referrals are, are, are very important in getting getting clients, clients and customers. So that's one example of um, this. This has to it depends on your strategy, but that's example of one tactic which might be more important than having a pretty post in the window or or sharing content on Facebook. But it has to be set. It's also more work. You actually have to sit down. You have to figure out a referral strategy. And of course, there are many resources on this, uh, on the internet and books and stuff like that on how you can do referrals. But as an example of one tactic, um, which also needs a strategy. And this is important to say because you can have one strategy, which is an overall strategies come on different levels. You have overarching strategies about how you want your business to be and it should support your life and the rest of it but then you have you need to have strategies also for your tactics you need to have kind of sub strategies so when you're talking about referrals as i said earlier if you place an ad for pork sausages in in uh, in a vegetarian magazine of some sort that's not a good that's not a good strategy. either a good strategy or a tactic is it but but not the strategy really. of advertising is good so you need a strategy that that referrals is good and then you need the strategy for referrals so you 
you need to know where you do the referrals, who you're going to target, what you're going to target them with, and the rest of it, and then, then test and try and mesh and see how it works. And the good thing is about that is that if, you, if you're looking at your tactics, there are some tactics that you just put into place once, and yes, they are, it's, it's work because you have to think about it. But you do it once, and you test it, and you measure it, and then if it's working, you keep doing it. And you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time for that. You just have that in place. And if it continues, continue doing it. And if you really want to, you can get pretty racy with it and trying to optimize it and make the referrals even more and exciting and put them on steroids and see what comes of it. Um, or you can keep it going and deal with the next tactic and you know create this business where it just grows exponentially because you're doing thing after thing after thing or you're doing them all at the same time. So the work isn't always doesn't always have to be work, for example. It doesn't always have to be difficult. It just has to be done the first time. Yes, the other thing prototyping, about, um, yeah. sorry for interrupting you again, but prototyping, I would say that's what I really do in my businesses. I usually <clears throat> test strategies, I test tactics, I figure out what's working and then I get someone else to do them. Uh, that could be an employee, but it could also be another company. So I really prototype the strategy, prototype the tactics, figure out what work and then give someone else instructions on how to execute them so they can work again and again and again and make sure it's meshed. And that's very efficient because that means you could do, what you could do is that you, a part of your strategy could be to try, say, one new tactic uh, a month. And come the end of the year, you've done 12 new things. Most salon owners are busy in the um, salon doing various salon related work. So they might not have the time right now to, to do all these things, but you can start easy. You could start with one thing, just test and try one thing. And if it works, repeat it. And if it doesn't work, tweak it. And when they, when you get that working, then you do a new thing and make sure the old thing, the, the first thing is repeated. Uh, and that way, a year later, you will have you will have achieved a lot. Wow. It's an interesting point though, I'd like to go back to about, you know, you the, the fact that you start something and you see that it's working and then you hand it off to your staff to to continue it for you. Um, the great thing about having a strategy in place and having it written down is that it gives your staff clarity. If they know your strategy um, and you can educate them on it, they will know exactly why you're doing things and why you're doing this type of marketing and, and what you plan for your business. And they'll take on board the weird shit that you're going to be putting in front of them. So there's some things that we're going to be talking about in future podcasts that people think, oh, I couldn't do that. And usually it's because the staff turn around to say to you, oh, that's not going to work, or I can't do that, or what are you talking about? I can't talk to a client like that. Um, but if they understand why you're doing this and how you're doing it, they'll be much more on board with you because um, it's hard to get staff to do some things that you want them to do. Um, and that's a whole issue on in its own. But once they understand the strategy that you're doing, they will more likely to be on board and to help you do it. And it's the same with clients. If your strategy also gives your clients clarity, if um, your clients want to feel like they belong to something really special, so you know they come into your salon, they want to be feel part of the family, um, and if they understand the way you do business, because they know exactly what you're going to do and, get, and you're consistent about how they, you're marketing to them, they will get behind you 100% and support you that way because they understand why you're doing it. And it doesn't become a 
transactional relationship where you're just getting money off them. It becomes like a part of something really big. And it's a, it's a kind of a big concept to, to take on board right now, but it does. It, clients become very integrated into the way you do your marketing. And often they suggest things and they're brilliant ideas that you can use in your business. Um, I am um, in a late, yep, sorry. It also sets you up for like the automation. So for example, if you're handing over things for your staff to do, it can tick over everything that happens. Like I say, you can do it once and it work, it's working. It can tick over in the background. So you don't have to constantly be dealing with it all the time. So it's it, it's perpetual. It just keeps going and going and going. And it is. Yeah. It's and we're not gonna, hard work anymore. Yeah. And as I said, we're going to come back to this in a later episode. And I have a few examples of this uh, handing things out to your staff, um, which also is a strategy, I guess. Part of your strategy is getting someone else to execute it. I have a few, few examples of that and how, how well that is working when you track and measure everything. It's, it's, it can actually be brilliant and you free up lots of time. Kat, I noticed that it's time to wrap up. What oh, are we really? going to talk about? What have you planned for the next episode? Um, we're going to talk about your ideal client. So um, who you're actually selling to and who you're not selling to. So your, your ideal client and your client from hell. And I'm sure you've got lots of examples about clients from hell, but you've probably got also a lot of examples of people that you really love. Um, and we're going to talk about how that uh, works for your business and how you can create an ideal client avatar and sack the clients that you don't want to deal with without losing money. And it's a big concept. Sack clients. Oh, yeah. I love that idea. Sack clients. Uh, I can't wait. You've been listening to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show with Kat and Vagard. Share and sign up for your podcast updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com.